Section 27 of The Man Who Laughs by Victor Hugo. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by David Cole. The Man Who Laughs by Victor Hugo. Part 1. Book the Second. Chapter 17. The Last Resource. There was a hole in the keel. A leak had been sprung. When it happened, no one could have said. Was it when they touched the caskets? Was it off Ortac? Was it when they were whirled about the shallows west of Origny? It was most probable that they had touched some rock there. They had struck against some hidden buttress, which they had not felt in the midst of the convulsive fury of the wind which was tossing them. In tetanus, who would feel a prick? The other sailor, the southern Basque, whose name was Ave Maria, went down into the hole too, came on deck again, and said, There are two varas of water in the hold, about six feet. Ave Maria added, In less than forty minutes we shall sink. Where was the leak? They couldn't find it. It was hidden by the water which was filling up the hold. The vessel had a hole in her hull somewhere under the water-line, quite forward in the keel. Impossible to find it, impossible to check it. They had a wound which they could not staunch. The water, however, was not rising very fast. The chief called out, We must work the pump. Galdizun replied, We have no pump left. Then, said the chief, we must make for land. Where is the land? I don't know, nor I. But it must be somewhere. True enough. Let someone steer for it. We have no pilot. Stand by the tiller yourself. We have lost the tiller. Let's rig one out of the first beam we can lay hands on. Nails, a hammer, quick, some tools. The carpenter's box is overboard. We have no tools. We'll steer all the same, no matter where. The rudder is lost. Where is the boat? We'll get in and row. The boat is lost. We'll row the wreck. We have lost the oars. We'll sail. We have lost the sails and the mast. We'll rig one up with a pole and a tarpaulin for sail. Let's get clear of this and trust in the wind. There is no wind. The wind indeed had left them. The storm had fled and its departure, which they had believed to mean safety, meant in fact destruction. Had the sou'wester continued, it might have driven them wildly on some shore, might have beaten the leak in speed, might perhaps have carried them to some propitious sandbank, and cast them on it before the hooker foundered. The swiftness of the storm bearing them away might have enabled them to reach land, but no more wind, no more hope. They were going to die because the hurricane was over. The end was near. Wind, hail, the hurricane, the whirlwind. These are wild combatants that may be overcome. The storm can be taken in the weak point of its armour. There are resources against the violence which continually lays itself open, is off its guard and often hits wide. But nothing is to be done against a calm. It offers nothing to the grasp of which you can lay hold. The winds are a charge of Cossacks. Stand your ground and they disperse. 
calms are the princes of the executioner the water deliberate and sure irrepressible and heavy rose in the hold and as it rose the vessel sank it was happening slowly those on board the wreck of the matutina felt that most hopeless of catastrophes an inert catastrophe undermining them the still and sinister certainty of their fate petrified them no stir in the air no movement in the sea the motionless is the inexorable absorption was sucking them down silently through the depths of the dumb waters without anger without passion not willing not knowing not caring the fatal centre of the globe was attracting them downwards horror in repose amalgamating them with itself it was no longer the wide open mouth of the sea the double jaw of the wind and wave vicious in its threat the grin of the water-spout the foaming appetite of the breakers it was as if the wretched beings had under them the black yawn of the infinite they felt themselves sinking into death's peaceful depths the height between the vessel and the water was lessening that was all they could calculate her disappearance to the moment it was the exact reverse of submersion by the rising tide the water was not rising towards them they were sinking towards it they were digging their own grave their own weight was their sexton they were being executed not by the law of men but by the law of things the snow was falling and as the wreck was now motionless this white lint made a cloth over the deck and covered the vessel as with a winding sheet the hold was becoming fuller and deeper no means of getting at the leak they struck a light and fixed three or four torches in holes as best they could Galdazon brought some old leathern buckets and they tried to bail the hold out standing in a row to pass them from hand to hand but the buckets were past use the leather of some was unstitched there were holes in the bottom of the others and the buckets emptied themselves on the way the difference in quantity between the water which was making its way in and that which they returned to the sea was ludicrous for a ton that entered a glassful was bailed out they did not improve their condition it was like the expenditure of a miser trying to exhaust a million half penny by half penny the chief said let us lighten the wreck during the storm they had lashed together the few chests which were on deck these remained tied to the stump of the mast they undid the lashings and rolled the chests overboard through a breach in the gunwale one of these trunks belonged to a basque woman who could not repress a sigh oh my new cloak lined with scarlet oh my pure stockings of birchen bark lace oh my silver earrings to wear at mass on may day the deck cleared there remained the cabin to be seen to it was greatly encumbered in it were as may be remembered the luggage belonging to the passengers and the bales belonging to the sailors they took the luggage and threw it over the gunwale they carried up the bales and cast them into the sea thus they emptied the cabin the lantern the cap the barrels the sacks the bales and the water butts the pot of soup all went over into the waves 
They unscrewed the nuts of the iron stove, long since extinguished. They pulled it out, hoisted it on deck, dragged it to the side, and threw it out of the vessel. They cast overboard everything they could pull out of the deck, chains, shrouds, and torn rigging. From time to time the chief took a torch, and throwing its light on the figures painted on the prow to show the draught of water, looked to see how deep the wreck had settled down. End of section 27 Recording by David Cole, Medway, Massachusetts